Hey there, this is John Metter. Welcome to the Man to Man podcast. Men everywhere need to be talking to other men of experience and wisdom. Along with my friends, we'll be talking about how to grow as a man, how to find truth to stand on, how to meet the challenges of the day. Join me as we discuss everything from personal growth to fitness, from relationships to leadership. Let's talk man to man. Hey, this is John Metter with the Man to Man podcast, and we are walking through manhood issues. This is a, a sort of an introduction to our entire man to man series. Uh, this series is something that I'm sharing with men uh, very early on Tuesday mornings at 6 a.m. And uh, those brave souls get up and come down uh, to our meeting place in order uh, to hear me share for just a few minutes, but really to talk man to man around the table about biblical principles, uh, what it means to be a man, and, uh, and so forth. So I encourage you to listen to the podcast, but a couple of these sessions are not sessions that I uh, am teaching to the men, but just some thoughts that I want to have with you about manhood and some of the challenges that we face as men. And uh, that's one of those things I want to talk to you about today. Um, really kind of the question I want to address is, what's missing in men's lives? What's missing in your life? Uh, as a pastor of more than 40 years, as a dad of uh, six kids, I've been married for 45 years to an amazing woman, um, I have some insight into uh, raising kids, into, into uh, manhood. I, I've often met with men throughout these 40 years of ministry, and uh, very often we spent time early in the morning together with groups of uh, between 5 and uh, 250. Um, uh, presently, I'm meeting with a group at our church, and, and these are some of the things that we're grappling with. I have seen an incredible change uh, come over the landscape of manhood over the last 30 and 40 years. I think it was pretty well defined what a man was to be 40 years ago. Uh, I had a great example as a dad, and um, I'm very thankful for that. I know that everybody doesn't have that example. I have aspired to be an example for my kids, and um, an exemplary husband to my wife. Uh, I've wanted to have a good leadership role with other men uh, around me. But all these things uh, mean that we're thinking about men, we're thinking about what it takes to be a man, we're reading the scriptures to find out what God says about manhood. And uh, all these things are kind of converging in this conversational stew, if you will, that I'm giving you today, where we're looking at some of the missing points in men's lives and and just quite frankly, having a conversation with you about this that we hope to bring answers to in the days ahead. So let me ask the question, and I began to answer it, and that question is, what's missing in men's lives today? It's very general. It is an answer that's based on my conversations with many people, with my own personal struggles, with, with those that I serve with on staff and those that we minister to um, it comes out of counseling conversations. It comes out of books that I've read. So these, these uh, five missing things in men's life are, are, to me, pretty obvious. So the first one that's the missing element in men's lives is identity. Identity. Now, the identity question and the identity crisis has to do with not really having a very clear definition of manhood today. Now, it's very surprising to me that after thousands of years of human history, we struggle to define manhood, but that's what our culture has done. Our culture has blurred the lines. It's confused us in so many different ways. Uh, we're accused more than we are defined or challenged uh, as men. Uh, today, media is famous for taking a few 
poor examples of, uh, of men that are disqualified men in the way of leadership, in the way of uh, being good men. And they have used that as a bat against many other men who are not in that boat. For instance, the toxicity, malehood, uh, manhood kind of conversations that say every man is toxic, every man uh, is to be blamed for the ills of society, and, and the truth is that there's a lot of blame to go around, and there are a lot of people that can accept responsibility, both men or women, but uh, manhood itself is not toxic. Uh, manhood itself is not something that needs to be culturally condemned. Um, not everybody is a misogynist. Uh, not everybody uh, is what the media and what culture sometimes accuses them of being. I think that's important for us to know. Now, there was only one perfect man. His name was Jesus Christ. Uh, but in the life of Jesus, we find a number of qualities that are seen in his life that are obviously not toxic and not harmful, but are exemplary in so many different ways. And we'll, we'll, we'll take time to to uh, identify all those along the way. But let me just say that man is sometimes missing his identity today for a number of reasons. I remember the television shows of the 70s, 80s, and 90s where men moved from uh, being good role models to chumps and oafs and uh, idiots that were only recognized or uh, rescued, if you will, by their uh, logic-thinking wives. Uh, I can think of a number of television shows in the 80s and 90s that were very, very popular. And, I mean, man was a klutz. He couldn't do anything. And um, and that was just a misrepresentation. And then you add to that the more modern uh, 2020, 2021, 22, and so forth, uh, depiction of, of American malehood or manhood. And you've got just quite a caricature of what men really are. I think young boys uh, are confused about their... Uh, needed identity as young men today they're either going to fit the superman model or they're going to fit the, the chump model one way or another they're either going to be extraordinary athletes that uh, are really smooth uh, in conversation and uh, are kind of uh, guys that can sweep every girl off their feet or they're they're going to be in a different model or mode altogether sometimes young men that are not athletes but Young men that are musicians or artists get the short end of the stick when it comes to identity. And I think this really is aggravated by the lack of examples, which is really number five in my list of the five missing things. So because there are no great manhood examples in so many different lives, and we can, we can point very quickly to the, the, the single family kind of environment where uh, single parents are doing their valiant best. They're, they're brave in their attempts to uh, raise their kids. And God gives them incredible grace and extraordinary ability to do what they do. I commend them highly. But if you don't have a male example, it's hard for a young man to know exactly what his identity is. How does he shake a hand? How does he uh, act towards the members of the opposite sex? How does he see himself uh, in light of responsibility and purpose? I'll never forget um, Robert Lewis in the quest for authentic manhood talking about his absent father as he was growing up. And, and he, he went so far as to say that his dad never really acquainted him with what the locker room protocol uh, is like when a young man goes into the sports world. And uh, that when his young peers, 
were talking about jock straps. Uh, he didn't know what a jock strap was. It became the, the butt of a joke, so to speak, and they mocked him and ridiculed him in the locker room because he just didn't know what that was. And he didn't know what it was because his father didn't explain to him uh, what a jock strap was. And I think what an interesting and memorable kind of illustration of what happens when we're, we don't have things explained to us. Um, so it's really important for our identity be, to be shaped by good role models. And today, we, we're missing an identity as men. Even guys listening to this might be able to uh, sense what I'm saying. And let me just say to you that the Scriptures, the Bible, notably Jesus Christ and those who follow him, uh, give us great, great examples of what our identity should be, should be like, that we should be known as children of God, known as made in God's image. Character ought to exemplify us. Uh, being noble, being uh, chivalrous, uh, being able to help other people ought to characterize us, whether we can throw a football or slam dunk a basketball or, or play, a, a play a trumpet. Or, or dance well, all those things don't matter as much as the character and the responsibility that goes into uh, a man's life that helps form his identity. So we have a missing identity, and we hope to supply that for you uh, during the course of our man-to-man talks. Secondly is purpose. Closely connected with identity is purpose. Many of us don't know what we're supposed to be doing, and we don't know that, uh, and it's characterizing our life from early on, a lack of purpose that's where drugs and pornography and uh, that's where gaming uh, that consumes a person's life comes in and pushes out real purpose in life. Um, we're not on the earth just to make a million dollars. We're not on the earth uh, just to compete on an athletic field. We're, n- we're not on the earth uh, in order to have some accolade or some achievement or some performance. We're really on the earth to be image bearers and to follow Christ, to have a higher and eternal purpose that we point others to. Those are some of the things that we need to have supplied to us. Um, We have spiritual gifts, we have talents, and God has forged all those things into a man's life, just as he has into a woman's life. And we ought to be people of purpose, where our gifts, our talents, and skills are seen in light of an overriding purpose that can benefit society, and for those of us who are believers in Jesus, bring glory to God. That's a big, big deal. So often men have a lack of purpose, and we hope to also address that. Thirdly, um, what's missing in men's lives is what I would call proactivity. We're passive. Again, it was Robert Lewis of Quest for Authentic Man here that really brought this to my attention that passivity marks manhood from early on when it should not. His classic illustration of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and Eve stepping up and responding to the serpent's temptation while Adam was silent is a classic case of passivity. Why was the man there and why was he quiet? Why did he allow his wife to be tempted by the serpent And why did he not put an end to that temptation? After all, man had been warned by God in the garden long before the serpent came along. Passivity is a bad deal in men's lives because we can just sit and react to things that happen to us and then never progress in life. Without purpose, without identity, we tend to be be passive. That means that we're kind of like spectators in life. It means that, that we are in the stands when everybody else is on the, on the soccer field or on the basketball court. We're just up there watching. 
Uh, it means that we tend towards things that require little responsibility, little sacrifice, that, uh, that we don't want to pay the price for. That's what passivity creates. Proactivity, on the other hand, says, I want to accomplish something significant in my life. I'm willing to pay a price. I'm willing to pay a price for academic excellence or willing to pay the price for athletic prowess or willing to pay the price to excel in my field. Willing to pay the price of relationships so that I might be a man of character and benefit other people that I have friendships with. So passivity is what marks men, but proactivity ought to be there. And scripture again, over and over, tells us to be strong, to know our purpose, to know our God, uh, and to know what our gifts are, and to move forward with all those things. We're called to lead in many ways. And uh, so it's important for us not to be passive. How do we overcome passivity? And how do we become more proactive? Again, that's part of our study over the course of these next 12 or so weeks. The fourth thing that is missing in men's lives is friendship. In other words, men are characterized by a sense of isolation. Now, I think this is really true of, of men in every walk of life. But I think it's especially true of men in leadership where they know that they're supposed to lead the way or they're supposed to uh, be managers of people or organizations. They know they're supposed to lead their family. Uh, there's a lot of things that they have responsibilities to do. But often men neglect the friendships that become, become so important to them. Friendships give us a sense of perspective. Friendships help us not to have blind spots. Friendships help our self-awareness to be better. Because when we see ourselves in, in one way, it's a friend that says, hey, that's not really the way it is. Um, friends give us counsel. Friends give us advice. Friends say, don't do that when we need to stop doing something. I'll never forget uh, in college, a man began mentoring me, even though I had great parents in high school. and I went to college and kind of was living on my own and was very much uh, testing the waters of how I was going to behave, what I was going to pursue especially the first part of my freshman year. And a man approached me and wanted to mentor me. And, and uh, so I agreed just because I didn't want to say no. I wasn't sure what all of it involved. But in time, I realized he was building a relationship with me. And there were a couple of times when this guy, whose name was Bob, uh, came to me and said, John, don't do that. Don't do that. And that's what a friend can do for you. When maybe somebody else doesn't say that to you, this friend was willing to do that. I'm a big guy. I was 6'5", weighed about 230 or 240 when I played college basketball. So I was kind of an enforcer on the basketball court. Not many guys are going to come up to me at that point in my life and say, don't do something. Stop that. But this guy had built a friendship with me and a relationship with me. And Bob was not hesitant to say, John, that's stupid. Stop it. I think we all need friends like that. I don't know about you, but I've appreciated over the years people that have come to me and said, hey, can I talk to you about something in your life that is a problem? <laughs> and they sit down and they tell me something that I need to be aware of. Men do not need to be in isolation. Men do not need to uh, have all their self-awareness being based on their own opinion. Um, they need to have friends to speak into their life, friends that they'll let in, friends they can tr be transparent with. And friends, he will be honest with them. So we're missing friends. And we live lives of isolation and loneliness sometimes. 
I want to help you build friendships. I want to help you build relationships with other people. Even though at times life is just lonely, uh, it's really important to have a few good friends. And I'd love to spend time talking about how to identify some of those people that you can trust. During really important key moments of my life, I have had friends that I could reach out for, uh, reach out to and get godly counsel when at decision-making points. Um, I can remember two very notable times in my life where I was at the verge of making a decision and realized I didn't have enough wisdom, intelligence, or anything else to make that decision. I needed someone to help me. And I would reach out to seven specific men that I knew I could trust. And when the counsel came back from those guys, it helped me make the right decision. Friendship is so incredibly important. Isolation is so harmful. And it's important that we fill that missing need in our life with friends. And then number five, as I alluded to a moment ago, uh, examples. We need examples. Um, I love the idea of the example being a father. God gave us that, that family pattern. It's so very important that if the father is not the example he ought to be, then a man, a young man, is missing that great example. And, and for many of us in 21st uh, century America, that's just really what's happened. Uh, for various reasons, uh, men have been absent from our lives, from our family, and so we don't have examples. We look to other guys for examples, but we don't know enough about the inside of their lives to know whether they're a good example or not. Media is not going to help us there. Politics won't help us. Sometimes the church has even failed to provide those good examples, but, but we're called to be good examples, to provide good examples, and, and I want you to know that there are examples out there for you to mirror and to mimic. Paul said this, he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And he actually called for younger men to follow him as he followed Christ. And I think that's a noble kind of calling that older men need to get used to saying. Older men need to learn to be confident enough in their own personal lives that they could also reach out to the next generation and say, follow me as I follow Christ. Mimic me as I mimic Christ. So I want to encourage you to look around for examples if you don't have some in your family. And I want to encourage you to be examples to other people. Be bold enough to say, hey, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together because absolutely none of us do. But I'm willing to help be an example to your life, you might say to a younger man. I'm available for you to talk to me, for you to uh, bounce things off of me. I'd love to give you counsel and insights to the things that you may need. So that fifth missing element in men's life is the example we all need. I'm just wondering if any of those resonate with you. And if any of those resonate with you, I'll just say, get in a process where you're going to listen to podcasts, you're going to attend some men's meetings, you're going to read the scripture in a way that says, hey, I'm, I'm trying to build up my sense of manhood in a biblical and a balanced way. And if that's you, then I want to help you with that. And again, nobody's perfect, but I would love to reach out. After 40 years of ministry and 45 years of marriage and 40-plus years of parenting, I want to reach out and say, how can we help you uh, find and supply those missing elements in your life as a man? Because one way or another, God has provided people to be around you to help you be the man that God has called you to be. Now, this is John Metter. This is the Man to Man podcast. Uh, I hope you'll listen to the different episodes that we're going to be sharing. And I hope you find uh, this quest 
for manhood to be uh, invigorating to you and authentic to you and I to where you'll pursue that. Thank you for joining us. Hope to catch you next time.